Welcome to Spiritual Psychotherapy. My name is Mia, or officially Dr. Mary Patricia Quinn-Livin. And this podcast is all about, to quote The Course in Miracles, removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. So it's about gently letting go of all of those things that are in the way. Well, first of all, identifying what's in the way, and then gently letting it go so that we become more and more aware of that loving essence that we are. And you're very welcome to send in topics or questions or anything you would like to hear about. And you can do that by finding me on my website, which is livingawarenesswa.com. There's a contact page there. I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and they are both Living Awareness WA and a YouTube channel as well. So today's episode is going to be on adapting to change and I've picked that because it's really relevant for all of us and I've seen a number of clients lately in that process and also it's topical for me at the moment. So in a nutshell, how do we help ourselves adapt to change? And really, of course, it's always going to be with a lot of gentleness, a lot of patience, real honesty towards self, honestly facing our emotion, letting go of resistance as much as we can, and just opening to the space that the new change involves and being very present with that and that often then facilitates an ability to well even in a practical way come up with some positive ways to move forward into a change or sometimes it's just gently allowing the space just letting that be so I'm going to start with something very poignant moment I had with my lovely 90-year-old mum recently. And we have a property, or we share a property in Carrydale, which is between Augusta and Margaret River. We've had it for 49, 50 years. And mum's really loves the place. It's got beautiful carry trees on it. It's near the Brownup Forest. And the last few years, of course, because she hasn't been able to drive that far, we've been, my husband and I have been taking her down with us. And she stays in the Augusta Hotel because the farmhouse is very small and little asbestos house. So she stays in the Augusta Hotel, which she loves because it looks out over the beautiful mouth of the Blackwood River. It's a beautiful spot. And she hires a car in Margaret River and she drives out to the farm or drives herself to the beaches and she's really loved doing that. But just in these last few occasions, it's been getting harder and driving the hire car is getting harder, negotiating a new hotel, coming out to the farm and she's realising that it might not be possible for her to come with us anymore, which was really a very sad realization for her this is the aging process that 
you know, there's a recognition that we may not be able to do some of the things that we used to do. And anyway, so just to set an example, she came out to the farm on the second last day and she was really in kind of talky mode and being busy mode and I knew there was a lot of stuff going on underneath that. So I, my husband went off and did something and I sat down and we had a quiet meditation. I said, Mum, you know, I think there's something going on here and being the beautiful human that she is, she tuned in and she realised just how sad she was, you know, at the loss of maybe never seeing the trees again and never seeing, sorry, <laughs> it's making me a bit emotional, yeah, never seeing the Augusta River again and the beautiful beaches that she's loved for the last 50 years. So I said to her, Mum, why don't you just go and sit out the front, take your shoes off, connect to the earth and just be with the trees in silence for a while. And she did that and, you know, I left her there in silence just watching her and it was, it really was a very, I don't know, kind of beautiful, sad, um, poignant, I can never say that word properly. <laughs> and I went out to her later and I said, what are you feeling? And she said, just really sad, you know. And we talked a bit and we talked about how everything, you know, this dreaming existence that we are in, it really is a dream and the essence of everything, including the trees, including the river, including the earth, is this pure divine love that we are. And when we die, it's not that we lose that. We, everything that we have ever been with is there, you know, the, the people, the animals, the trees. And, you know, she feels a little bit better when we talk about it that way and know that it's not really death, it's a change of the body. And we don't have to feel that it's so finite, this letting go of the trees that she's loved, because their presence their essence is always there. I've got this beautiful meditation I do with some trees that were in the house I grew up in. There was a row of tamarisk trees and I've often from this present space now done sort of healing uh, work with all my family when we were younger and just been aware of those trees and their beautiful, loving, present energy surrounding the house and filling our house with love. And those trees probably aren't there in this current moment, but tell you what, I can still feel their presence and their love and their energy. So it was beautiful to be able to talk with mum about that. And, you know, the opportunity in that situation when we're facing something that's changing and it really is a big change growing older and knowing you may not be able to do something you love or see something you love and rather than wanting to avoid the emotion which of course we all try and do not just mum I do that too is that we let ourselves we give ourselves the time give ourselves the grace 
give ourselves the presence to let that emotion come to the surface and let ourselves grieve with great gentility and you know, mum was allowing the earth to nurture her in that process. And the trees, you know, the beautiful trees were also, sorry, emotion again. I know that were holding her with love in the same way that she has held them with love these last 50 years. And I said to her, you know, mum, you've been a beautiful caretaker of this property and... The earth is grateful for that. So it's a really nice thing to be aware of. The love that you've contributed to something over the years. And a beautiful thing to hold in your heart. So she did end up taking some beautiful photos of the trees and the river. And she's now got them in her room in her retirement village where she lives. So she can remember and Hold on to that lovely experience. And I do want to mention, you know, not only is it giving ourselves the time to grieve, making sure we have, you know, we let ourselves face that raw emotion that's inside, the sadness. And there's also, and there was for mum, and there were grumpy moments for her, and this exactly the same thing happens for me when I'm, facing a change that I'm resisting, you know, and that is that we notice our resistance, our energy of not wanting it to happen, our fear around it happening, our vulnerability, and often that creates anger and the whole energy of resistance, which is all of those emotions really, you know, not wanting this change to happen. And what do we do with resistance? We just see it with a lot of gentility, you know, a lot of gentility, a lot of compassion and we recognise that we need to just, well, in the process of seeing it and letting it be, it's also that we're letting it go and we're attempting to open into this new change, this new opportunity. Because if we resist change, you know, if we try to hold on, try to cling on, when deep in our heart we know that we need to move on from it. You know, if we do that resistance and try to cling on, inevitably it doesn't go well, you know. Things will happen that are hard or... So it's about just opening up to that vulnerability, letting go of the resistance. And, and that's the case with every change that can occur. And very recently for me, my youngest son has just left home and my eldest son left not so long ago, only a couple of months ago. So it's been quite a rapid change into no children at home. And I really, you know, of course I want them to go off and live their lives and it would be much more painful for me if they didn't do that. And it may actually happen that my younger son does bounce back and forth for a little bit. But there is, if I'm really honest, there is a little bit of loss in that, that kind of, there's a void, you know. It's like, oh gosh, all that noise, that presence that's been in the house all this time is not there anymore. And 
you know, for me even as well, there's a little bit of, there was a little bit of avoidance of wanting to face that emotion, that little bit of sadness or that empty space that's left and the vulnerability that that can create. So there was a, a little bit of resistance to facing that and a little bit of resistance to the fact that this change is occurring. And so I've just had to recognize it and just let it be. And for me, you know, with change, we can want to rush and fill that space. So, well, either we can keep ourselves very busy or we might distract ourselves with various forms of, you know, addictive, for instance, like alcohol or shopping or um, working too hard or whatever it is that we want to do or just not give ourselves time to face the emotion. And that, of course, doesn't serve us. It just tends to dig a deeper hole. So for me, it's just about sitting in that space and not trying to fill it. And in fact, I would say giving it to presence, giving it to spirit, giving it to God and allowing whatever spirit wants to use that space for to develop, which is going to be a beautiful thing and I know, I mean, there's actually a lot of positive things. <laughs> My kids leaving home as well. Don't have to clean up after them. It's a lot cheaper. Not forever telling Joseph to put his clothes away. <laughs> so, you know, there's always good things. And I know, it, of course, it's beautiful for them. They've got to go out and be independent beings and live in the world and grow from that experience. So... Just to recap that then in terms of dealing with change or adapting to change and the most important thing is to be able to give ourselves time and patience and gentleness to face whatever emotions are there and you know that sounds like an easy thing to do but quite often when people are facing change they actually never stop. In fact, they want to get busier. They want to do everything they can to avoid facing the emotion. And it really doesn't help process the adaptation to change. Not to judge that, by the way. So if you find yourself wanting to avoid painful emotion or wanting to get busy or do other stuff, just notice it. Notice it compassionately. And when you feel able, give yourself the time to feel what's there to be felt. Even if there is anger, you know, go and do a shakti shake, go and dive under the waves at the ocean, have a good scream and let it all out and feel the frustration of whatever change it is that's happening that you're struggling with, you know. And then, of course, the resistance to notice, am I resisting this, whatever it is that's happening for me? And just lately I've seen a number of young women, you know, in the process of having new babies and that of course is a really challenging moment and it's a very common time to develop some postnatal depression or anxiety and quite often that's about the very dramatic change that's been created in life and our life is no longer our own. And I remember for me back then, you know, I really had to work on just accepting this change and letting go of the resistance and giving myself time to process whatever emotions were there. And quite often it can be a moment too when 
you know, if there's other situations going on, like the family situation may not be very supportive or there's no other support available and that can create a lot of pain and a lot of sadness and, and challenge, you know, how do I get a break when I've got no help? And, you know, I know at those moments and, you know, there's other changes, of course, that are very busy and very demanding in our lives and they're the moments where we want to forget about being present or forget about having time to notice and allow our emotion. But they are the key moments when we need to work on, even if it's just five minutes of meditation in the morning or making sure you and your husband have half an hour, you alternate, one looks after the kids and the other one goes out for half an hour, spend some time in nature, get your bare feet in the earth, just be in your own, you know, space and allow that time for presence, allow that time for meditation, allow time to physiologically calm down that fight or flight, you know, sympathetic nervous system overactivity that we can get into in these moments of change. And so if you allow the time to do those calming things, then you will be able to make more wholesome decisions. For instance, if you notice your overwhelm, then maybe you can come up with a plan of, okay, how can I get more support? Who can I reach out to? Can I use a little bit of childcare? Or can I use a relative? Or can I reach out to my in-laws if my family's not available? And just on that, you know, a lot of young women that I see struggle to let their in-laws be engaged and involved and often it's because there's sadness around their own family not being present or so sometimes that's a really good thing to look at am I keeping support out that could be available am I being vulnerable and sharing with friends my feelings am I asking for support perhaps there's issues with sleep could I reach out to a sleep consultant or someone to help me you know could I use a crash and go to an exercise class or work on a mother's group or something like that you know there's all sorts of things that we can do in a really practical way to plan how we can adapt to changes sometimes there might be patterns that we have for instance when I was in that stage I was a real people pleaser and I used to think I had to rescue other people too and it was very draining and of course I didn't have the time or energy for that when I was a new mum. So I had to get better at saying no. So, you know, those things, learning to stand up for yourself, learning to say no, learning to ask for the hard things from your partner sometimes. So, you know, these opportunities that change can create if we are present with them, if we allow our emotion, if we are willing to be vulnerable and reach out to others, they can create great growth and great learning around the willingness to step towards vulnerability. And just to come back to my lovely 90-year-old mum who's, you know, getting older and with these processes of change, you know, and having to let something go that we've known and facing a future that is uncertain, you know, we don't know 
sometimes how the future is going to go. Well, none of us know that. And particularly when we're elderly or facing a change that might be challenging, there could be a lot of uncertainty and fear around that. And all we can do is notice our fears, notice our uncertainty and hold them with great compassion, great gentleness, great love. And what I do and what I know my mum does too is I move towards that vulnerability with spirit. So I know for my mum she visualises Jesus, you know, the beautiful, divine, loving essence that Jesus is and Mary as well. And she very often has them on either side of her as she's moving towards something that's, you know, a little uncertain, a little vulnerable, a little scary perhaps. And then you have that sense of divine essence within you and all around you. And when we're in that space of just resting in God, resting in pure awareness, we know, we feel that perfect wholeness, that perfect safety, that love, unconditional love, that lack of fear, you know, that knowledge that everything is going to be okay, everything is okay, because the truth of what we are is this unchanging, undying, permanent, loving essence. So I think that's enough for today and I might just, when I put this podcast on my website, include a lovely photo of my 90-year-old mum saying goodbye to the carry trees. So I just want to let you all know that I do individual therapy, I do uh, meditation workshops, although they are on hold at the moment because of COVID, but they are likely to restart. I do this podcast, I do group therapy, and you can find me on my website at livingawarenesswa.com. That's got all the information you need. If you live in Perth, you can see me in person, but I do do online consults as well. And if you live in Perth, or some of you that live in Australia, there are Medicare rebates available for the therapy sessions. So please look me up on my website at livingawarenesswa.com or my Facebook page, Instagram page or YouTube channel at livingawarenesswa. And I also highly recommend Isaira and her website is isaira.com. Much love to you all.